Welcome to the From Burnout to Recovery show with your host, Dr. Kate. This is where your journey to burnout recovery starts. Are you feeling overwhelmed or like work has become unmanageable? Join me and my guests for open and honest conversations about burnout recovery from the comfort of the front porch. I am here to help you build your resilience and prepare you for burnout in a whole new way through a variety of perspectives. Move past the idea that burnout can only be addressed by avoidance and work to integrate recovery into your daily life. Relax, take a breath. The From Burnout to Recovery show starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the From Burnout to Recovery show with Dr. Kate on Transformation Talk Radio and member of the Cornelia Stephanie Media Group. I am your host, Dr. Kate, and I am excited to welcome you to the show today. Remember, as you are enjoying the show, to hit that subscribe button and be sure to download the KS Media Group app for all the world's best influencers in one place. Today, we are joined by our host, Keisha Graves, and I am so grateful to have her here to address such an important topic, and that's burnout and burnout recovery and managing a diagnosis and living with a disability. Keisha Graves, the founder of Girls Chronically Rock, has always been passionate about fashion. Born and raised in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Keisha has a bachelor's degree in fashion design and merchandising and an MBA At the age 24, she was diagnosed with limb girdle muscular dystrophy and her life changed. But far from being bogged down by it, Keisha decided not only to embrace it, but to celebrate muscular dystrophy and other chronic illnesses, giving giving life to her dream of starting a fashion line. Keisha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Well, I am so excited to have you and audience members, those that are watching on YouTube, you can see like I am sporting one of her t-shirts. It says, trust your dopeness. And it is awesome. I love it. (laughs) Yes. And those who are just listening, you now know that I am supporting and loving the t-shirt as well. I'm glad you do. Thank you. Keisha, to get us started, just tell us, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, your experience with burnout and what you do to support yourself in burnout recovery. I'm sure. So, um, yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Keisha here. I'm 36 years old. I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I'm the founder of Girls Chronically Rock. And as Kate mentioned, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in my early 20s when I was actually in graduate school. So as you guys can only imagine, I mean, that put a huge damper on life. You know, here I was in my early 20s, enjoying life, still partying, going out, doing what 20-year-olds do. So, of course, when I got that phone call that day, Keisha, you have muscular dystrophy. I'm just like, what does my future hold? What is going to happen? You know, so that totally put a damper on things. And then, like most of us, I ran straight to the computer and started reading muscular dystrophy, and I'm not reading such great things. So I totally shut down. I was in denial for quite some time. I tell people, I feel like I just came out of denial like the other day. That was a lot to process. Mm -hmm. I was not telling any family or friends. The only reason family knew was, of course, my mom, you know, chatting with her sisters on the phone, my aunties. So but otherwise than that, it wasn't something I kind of totally embraced. It definitely took a lot. That was a lot to process. Like I tell people, imagine you have this able-bodied life, two good legs. I used to be able to run up and down the stairs in college at Framingham State with groceries, laundry, same thing in um high school, walking up five flights of stairs to get to classes. 
So it's just so crazy to think like I tell people all the time, you never know mm-hmm. what's going on in your body and like life can change in an instance. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that, that part of the perspective. I think that importance of, of recognizing that you just, you never know. And especially that aspect of you don't know what's going on in your body. And I think that that is an impact that the burnout has on people too, right. Is that it can have this huge physical impact on, on folks yeah. and they don't even recognize that that's what's going on. It sounds a little bit like this was a grief process for you as well. Yes, it definitely was. Like I tell people, I feel like I'm sometimes grieving the person I once was, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And it's like now I feel like I've seen a perspective of both worlds. I lived the able body life. Now I'm a part of this um, awesome disability community. But yes, sometimes I do feel like, you know, I'm grieving the body I once was. I look back like things I feel like I took for granted, you know, just like the simple things of just standing in the shower, you know, and it's like now just going in the shower, even using a shower chair. I feel like exhausted. Like I just finished running the Boston Marathon. So definitely, um, yes, it definitely does. How did you start to, you know, you had mentioned that it was a lot to process and that it took you some time to do that. So what, what did that look like for you? What did that processing start to look like? Um, it was a lot, you know, cause it's like to even start from the beginning, just to talk about like, you know, the symptoms I was having, um, I would just be walking and my leg kind of gave out on me. And I thought that was so weird. I just thought, honestly, I brushed it off. I just thought maybe I need to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, no big deal. I'm just like, whatever, you know, da da da. but then it just kept on happening. And what really stood out for me, my mom and sister was one day we were leaving the supermarket and I'm walking, we're going back to the car to unload the groceries and I'm pushing the cart and my leg totally gives out. Just like that, I fall to the floor and it wasn't like when I fell, I was able to get myself back up, like say an able-bodied person, like, oh yeah, just brush it off, Mm -hmm. dust yourself off and try again. It was like when I fell, it was like a dead weight Mm -hmm. and I was unable to get myself back up. And it was like such a dead weight that my mom and sister could not even get me up. So it was like a man at the time that came over and he had to lift me up from off the floor. So that's how much of a dead weight it was. I was just like, oh man. And every time I fell, I felt like my body like trade me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it was like one of those so after that my mom was like I think it's something within the feet that we need to check out and I'm like "Mm, okay so we go to Tufts Medical Hospital out here in Boston Mass and then we go and um, we go see an orthopedic so at that time I always remember that examination I go in two doctors are standing there they asked me to raise my right leg Um, the right leg would not extend out as it should Mm -hmm. and that was the first time I noticed that And then same thing with the left leg. And then they're like, um, I think you need to see a neurologist. At the time, I'm still not really thinking anything of it. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I just need to lose weight, whatever. Everything everything will be fine. So I go to the neurologist and we go straight to it. I still see her to this day, Dr. Catherine Wang. Um, I do an EMG, EKG, MRI. But the most interesting of all was when they took a piece of muscle biopsy from Mm -hmm. out of my right leg. And from that muscle biopsy, that's when they determine I have muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, when I got that phone call that day, I'm like, muscular dystrophy? Nobody in my family seemed to have it. I never heard of it, mind you. So I'm like, she had to get the test results mixed up. I don't have muscular dystrophy. What is she talking about? You know, so that's what I just kept on thinking. But I knew deep down there had to be some kind of truth to it. Because then I go straight to the web, as I mentioned earlier, straight to Google. And I start reading muscular dystrophy. And of course, I'm not reading such great things. I'm reading There's No Cure. 
there's no treatment. You know, some people, um, it get it worsens over time. Some people don't live past a certain age. So, of course, all of that I'm processing and I'm like, she can't be talking about me. I'm him. I'm doing me. I'm still walking. I was still driving at the time, working in the merchandising field, merchandising for Tommy Hilfiger, Kelvin Klein, doing my thing. So I'm like, how does she mean I have muscular dystrophy? So that was a lot. Mm-hmm. How did you start to to transition from, from that space to where you are right now? Um, so, yes, it definitely took some time. As I mentioned, I was in denial. You cannot tell me I had muscular dystrophy. I mean, even when I started to go to physical therapy, you know, doing the exercising, I was still like, you know, it wasn't processing. Even when I started using a cane, going to work, going on job interviews, I would tell them I sprained my ankle while I was in a car accident. I said everything but because mm-hmm. saying that I had muscular dystrophy just seemed too real. I wasn't acknowledging that. So to say I sprained my ankle or I was in a car accident, it just sounded better. So I honestly just said whatever came to mind. But I totally was shut down when friends um, asked me to go out at that time. I was like, no, I just feel like staying in. Still not really telling them what was going on. But what really um, opened up the door a little bit was one day my friend was like, why don't you write a blog talking about muscular dystrophy? And at first I'm like, why would I do that? I don't have muscular dystrophy. So I'm just like, all right. So then one day I opened up my laptop and I just start sharing just like as I am with you now, just talking about the symptoms. And it took that moment as I start typing it on my laptop and saying it out loud. I'm like, wow, I have muscular dystrophy. That's crazy. It was like, it took that moment. I'm like, I have muscular dystrophy. Never mind the test results of what the doctors were saying. It took that moment. Mm-hmm. So I remember I first wrote that blog on Tumblr and then I just posted it on social media, my uh, different social media platforms. And then I got such great positive feedback mm-hmm. and so many people that, I mean, I chatted to on a regular basis and they're like, I never even knew you was going through that. Like I would have never known. Cause at that time, still early on, as I mentioned, I was still walking, driving, doing my thing. So looking at me, you wouldn't know. But they're like, wow, I had no idea. So they're like, thank you for sharing. And that opened up a lot of doors. Some people was like, I know someone that has that. Or my little brother has muscular dystrophy. And then another thing that really helped was social media, Hmm. using different hashtags, like hashtag muscular dystrophy, hashtag disability awareness. And that just opened up a whole new range of, you know, other people I've connected with other individuals, um, like, you know, women of color, like myself, men of color that have muscular dystrophy. And I'm like, I'm not alone. You know, so it's like it felt good. Yes, it sucks that we're dealing with it, but mm-hmm. it just made me feel like, you know, I'm not alone. Look at this person gets it because I always tell people, yes, I get the support of, of family and friends, but there's nothing. And I mean, nothing like talking to somebody who gets it and knows what it's like living with muscular dystrophy on a daily basis and not knowing what the body's going to feel like or what's going to happen the following day. So I think that that kind of helped a little bit and definitely me joining support groups mm-hmm. on Facebook, like limb girdle muscular dystrophy and living with muscular dystrophy and it was like just awesome so whenever it's like I'm have a moment or I'm like you know feel like chatting or venting it's like I have them because they get it and that's what really helped me along the way yeah that's thank you for sharing that I think that the couple of things there that are are I really like attached to was the piece that, you know, you had to name it yourself. It didn't matter what the doctors or anyone else told you until you were ready to, to name that for yourself and the importance in, in that door that opened up for you when you 
found the support that was there and, you know, the networks that you could connect with to provide that, that space for you to vent in that space for you to, to celebrate things and, and know that other people, um, were having similar experiences to you. Yeah. Yeah. It totally helped. And it still helps me to this day. I tell people all the time, yes, you may see me cheering and, you know, happy, but it's like, I still have my days and I'm Mm -hmm. okay with saying that now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you may see me smiling today, but I was just crying at night, lying in my bed two nights ago. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes it's still all a process. And I'm like, I wish because I'm so Pacific. I have I have like a Virgo. I don't know if it's the Virgo in me, but I'm so detail oriented. So all that I had to process, like having to now rely on my caregivers. And I like things a certain way. So it's like those just alone that can affect my mental health and mm-hmm. put me in a whole different mindset, a whole different mood. You know, so it's definitely I still I'm still dealing with it. I still have my days. I tell people. So I'm like, you know, don't let it fool you. I'm just like you all. I'm. You know, it's like, yes, I'm the uh, talking to others help building my business help, but I still have my days. Yeah. Yes. I think that that is incredibly important. What do you know, what are some of the things that you do to, to support yourself when, when you're having one of those days? Um, definitely. I would say when I'm having those days, even like, you know, in the past, if I have like a bad fall, like that totally put me in a bad mood, a damper. And I'm just like, you know, why did I have to fall? Like everything was going so well. And I just get angry at my body. But honestly, what I tell people, my TV shows keeps me sane. I'm like, I'm telling you, just knowing I think I have like some kind of someone else's life to watch on TV or (laughs) entertainment. It just like makes me feel happy. Like knowing I have that recorded on my DVR. And I mean, I watched from the Kardashians, Jersey Shore, Housewives of Atlanta, Housewives of Salt Lake City, you name it. But it just brings me joy, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And Honestly, social media, of course, TikTok has definitely keeps me entertained. That is yes, hilarious. Right? I just love to laugh and I would be crying, but it's like I would go on TikTok and see some kind of silly video and I'm like, oh my God, people are so crazy. But I love it. It makes me laugh. I love to watch silliness and foolishness. So my TV honestly keeps me sane. Um, social media, watching funny videos and then focusing on my business, mm-hmm. able to do podcasts with people like yourself or when I get messages on Instagram, social media and people are like, oh my God, I, I love what you're doing. Girls chronically raw, keep going and I appreciate that because people don't know some messages go a long way because some days you know you can tell yourself I know I do and say hey are people getting my mission you know do I want to continue with Girls Chronically Rock what am I doing what does my future hold but then getting those messages or people just placing an order I'm Mm -hmm. like that just brings me joy so little things like that I just get excited and that keeps me motivated to keep going and continue to build my empire Mm-hmm. I love that the perspective. It's the little things that that keep you yeah. keep you going, and that the aspect of the, the TV shows or TikTok, and and being able to like lean into someone else's life a little bit. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> tell tell us a little bit more about Girls Chronically Rock. Sure, Girls Chronically Rock. Um, just to give a little history, I always had a passion for fashion. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I looked up to designers such as Tommy Hilfiger, Betsy Johnson, and Kim Morley Simmons from her Baby Fat stage. I love them. But then I also <laughs> love Sarah Brakely too from Spanx. She yeah. is one designer I would love to like um, collaborate with as well. But um, I always um had a passion for fashion. Knew I always wanted to be a business owner. So I studied fashion design and merchandising at Framingham State. But of course, as we know, life takes a turn as we are now, like in this pandemic, things happen unexpectedly. So it was after I graduated from Framingham, I started grad school. And that's when, you know, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. So at that time, you know, I was in total denial. So I wasn't thinking about a fashion business. Um, My business plan that I had 
thoroughly just wrote out like over 50 pages. I'm just like, what does my future hold? So it took some time. And then it was one night. I'm like, you know what? It's time to put my fashion degree to use. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a true believer in things do happen for a reason. So I'm like, why not create something to help inspire and motivate others in the disability community? And how I came up with the name is that I knew I wanted something with the word chronic in it for mm-hmm. chronic illnesses. So I was honestly lying in bed one night. That's when most of my creative ideas come to mind. <laughs> Mine are in the and shower. Like, yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. And that too. So I honestly thought girls chronically rock. And I'm like, I love the way it sounded. I love the way it flowed. And I'm like, that sounds empowering. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I know I wanted to do graphic tea because I'm a huge fan of graphic t-shirts. I love different t-shirts with like different sayings, different inspirational quotes. I love cutting up my t-shirts, bleaching them. So I was like, you know what? I want to do like a t-shirt line with different graphics and different meaningful, meaningful sayings that, that are like meaningful for me, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of express my journey and what I'm going through through living with muscular dystrophy. So that's what kind of started the t-shirt line. And then from then on, I was like, you know what? I want to create also an adaptive Mm -hmm. clothing collection. So last year of February, 2021, I launched an adaptive swimwear collection for women, for people with disabilities. And adaptive accessible clothing is something that is kind of more accessible, more functional, and easier for someone like myself to get dressed much easier on a Mm -hmm. daily basis, but also for us to feel confident within our own skin. It's like people think, yes, we have a disabilities that we don't do anything. We're just at home. No, we like to go out. We like to party. We like to travel. And yes, we still date. So it's like we want to look fashionable and sexy just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. We just maybe need that special accommodations, you know, within our clothing. So that's what I what made me create an adaptive swimwear line. And what made me start with the swimwear was because I go to aquatic therapy prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. twice a week. And when I am in the mermaid and when I am in the water, I feel like a mermaid because yeah. I can do things in the water that I cannot do on land. Yeah. And as you know, even for an able-bodied person, getting out from the beach or from the pool, how that mm-hmm. bathing suit just sticks to you. Mm-hmm. So imagine someone like myself with a mm-hmm. disability hanging on to that balance for dear life, taking off that bathing suit. So that's why I want to create something more functional and more easy. So my bathing suits right now are like one shoulder and it has like snaps, like hooks where they can easily take on and off. So that I love, but you know, I just, I don't want to stop there. I want to do men's swim, adaptive swimwear as well. But my goal is to create a whole adaptive, you know, clothing collection mm-hmm. for people with disabilities. And I'm looking to get it in retail channels. I love that. Speak it out into the universe because it will yes. happen and we will, we will see so. it out there for sure. And you're doing Thank such you. great work and supporting so many people in that aspect. So that is Thank super you. exciting. Yes. So Keisha, if you would, what is one additional piece of advice that you would offer our audience members? Sure. I would say one piece of advice I'd like to give is kind of like you never know what someone's dealing with. You never know what someone is going through. So if you see someone kind of like sad in a bad mood, Mm -hmm. just kind of give them a break. If you see someone walking a certain way, you never know. Because I know I used to get stared at too, even walking with a cane when I used to park in the handicapped spot. And people would say, oh, what are you doing? You're too young to be parked there. And it's like, obviously, I got this sign for a reason. But yes, I got that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you never know. You never know what somebody can have, why they park in the handicapped spot or anything like that. So just give the person a break people in the disability community we just want to be included you just want to be inclusive and bring that diversity within the fashion industry and just in the world in general but just you never know what someone's dealing with and if you have a business idea or a passion you want to do I say go for it before you know you'll have it up and running and it will be going before you know it 
Awesome. I love that. Give people grace. Don't make assumptions about what might be going on in someone else's life. And if you have a dream, go for it. Yes. Keisha, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our audience members connect with you more? Sure. Definitely check out my website at girlschronicallyrock.com. I am also on Instagram, girlschronically underscore rock. And also on Twitter, Girls Chronicle One. So definitely check me out. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely check out my merchandise. But yeah, send me a message. Yes. And dear listeners, we have, we have all of that included in the show notes. So you can easily find that and connect and support Keisha. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> What an awesome conversation with Keisha. And I am so excited to support her and her business and learn a little bit more about her experience. If you are loving the insights provided by the show, don't forget that you need to subscribe, write a review, and share this with someone who also needs to hear this message today. We're going to move into our recovery moment. And remember that I want you to practice when you are safe to do so. If that's not right now, come back, give this a listen right now, but come back to actually practice this piece. But today we're going to focus on the practice of smiling. So let's get started. Mindfulness practice means feeling how you feel. Instead of avoiding or shoving down pain, you accept it with care and attention. But that doesn't mean that you have to sit in pain doing nothing. The simple practice of smiling can actually trigger joy in the mind and body, helping relieve some of this pain. In this exercise, you will mindfully tune in how it feels to bring a gentle smile across the face. Allow your eyes to close and find a comfortable seated sitting posture. Let's just try that again, shall we? Allow the eyes to close and find a comfortable sitting posture. If you are able to, keep the spine straight and invite energy and alertness into the mind and body. Bring your attention to the sensations of the body breathing. Start with the abdomen, turning, tuning in to the rising and falling. Let the body breathe itself. You do not need to breathe in any certain way. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. Noticing how the belly rises and falls. Now move your attention to the chest. Feeling the expansion and contraction here as the body continues to breathe. When you notice that the mind has wandered, simply bring the chest back into your awareness. That breath in and the breath out. Your chest rising and falling. Noticing any tension you might have there. 
as you continue to breathe, that natural breath, allowing your body to simply just breathe. Now move your attention up to the nostrils. You may feel the breath at the tip or base of your nose or on the upper lip. Pay attention to the subtle sensation of breathing here. Open your awareness slightly to scan the face. From the forehead down to the chin, notice what you can feel physically. Tune into the eyes, the mouth, the jaw, your cheeks, and anything else that grabs your attention. Finally, allow yourself to softly smile. You may try thinking of something that brings you joy as a form of encouragement. As you smile, notice how the face and the breath feel. Tune into any changes in the breath, the muscles in the face, and any feelings that arise. You may try letting the smile go and bringing it back several times. Smile and let go. Smile and let go. Smile and let go. Tuning in each time to the experience in the body as you do so. As we complete this practice, allow your eyes to open and sustain your smile for just a moment. Then let your smile fade slowly on its own. Dear listeners, how does it feel to practice your smiling? To see how that feels? What emotions came up for you? What feelings? Remember that for more recovery moments, or to let me know how this one went, you can follow me at Dr. Kate Steiner on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the From Burnout to Recovery show on YouTube. I'm so grateful to our guest, Keisha Graves. And be sure to check out her fashion line at girlschronicallyrock.com. And I'm grateful for each of you for listening. Thank you for joining us today on the From Burnout to Recovery show with Dr. Kate on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Kate, and I wish you peace on your journey. Thank you for joining me on the front porch today. And remember, you can download your free Burnout to Recovery Reflection Journal on my website, drkatesteiner.com. Be well, my friends. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Kate, on the From Burnout to Recovery show, where you are starting your journey to burnout recovery. You are invited to join me on the front porch every second and fourth Friday of the month on transformationtalkradio.com to continue growing in resilience and integrating recovery into your daily life. 
If you would like to learn more or find out how to work with me, visit liftwellnessconsulting.com.